Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Master Discussions. I'm your host, Zach the DM. I've uh, been a Dungeon Master for quite some time now. Uh, currently a professional Dungeon Master, running four games a week, done multiple events. I'm joined here by my good friend and fellow Dungeon Master, Maggie. Maggie's called her. Hello. How are Hello. you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm doing good. Um, since the people probably are just meeting you, tell them a bit about your uh, Dungeon Master experience. What, how long have you been playing or DMing? Um, sure, yeah. Um, I started playing first. Um, I played as a halfling rogue. She was, like, my favorite. And then the campaign kind of broke down just due, due to scheduling and dynamics within the, um, within the play group. And then I said, you know what? This, I, I want this in my life. So I'm going to make it happen. So I started DMing and I've been doing it for about two years, just over two years. Nice. Yeah. That's actually uh, exactly why I started. I was like, I like this. See potential. But I'm not getting that potential. I could make it. <laughs> I like that we both came in. And as well, we should we should probably address um on Dungeon Master Discussion, I always tell my guests that we should dress fancy. And so far all the guests have uh kind of gone with what I've done is the suit, dress uh dress shirt, suit coat. And uh me and Maggie decided to cosplay today. I went to Zach the Wizard! Maggie, do you have a name for your the character you're cosplaying? No. Excellent. <laughs> I, just... Excellent. I won't put you on this. <laughs> Improved it today, so. <laughs> Don't worry. I just stole an old character and said I was him. There you go. We wear the same hat and cape. But today we're here to talk about running modules. So, to to me, th this it, it it looked like the very first step as a DM to do is to kind of like learn the rules, run a module, and then you can kind of homebrew from there. But I looked at the module and I ran one session of a module. I, I, I can admit I didn't do as much prep work as I realized you need to do for a module. And I had a bit of a chaotic new group. Uh, but right away I was like, Oh God, I have to read these room descriptions, which I, I didn't make, so I don't know them. So I'm, I'm like, all right, so you come into a stone room with four chairs. And a I'm like, I'm learning it as the players or I like, I read it before, but like you, you only read and remember so much of a module. I can't remember the floor pattern. So when I come into a room, I'm like, oh shit, is this, this room? And it, it just kind of throws me about. Um, so I jumped right into homebrew right away. Uh, did you find yourself starting with modules? Um, yeah, I started with modules and still on the same module that I started with. <laughs> so I've run, I've run a couple of one shots, um, but I'm currently running Tyranny of Dragons. And that's really what I've kept and stuck with. Mm -hmm. um, I have so many more that I want to do. I just want to get through this one first in order to introduce something else. How have you enjoyed yeah. uh, running Tyranny of Dragons so far? Just as um, the model itself. So it was the very first 5e module. So it was kind of, um, it was all right. It was a little unbalanced. And there's this, in particular, there's this one part in chapter one where there are like swarms of rats and it can totally decay a level one party and absolutely i was i was terrified for my party so like me trying to be like okay like let's follow the rules um but also i don't want to kill you um my party ended up speaking to the rats and helping or getting them to help them so i was like thank you thank you thank you for doing that you didn't that. die it was awesome and i was pretty shocked how they did it um but no, I love running modules. I love having a framework mm -hmm. and then building off of that framework. It's one of my favorite things. Um, if you see through my like my planning book, I have yeah. like I, I draw out the maps and I make notes and I like that that part to me is one of my favorite things. Okay. Um, so when you said I don't really do that much prep, I'm like, I stress out when I don't do prep. 
yeah in that module i definitely didn't do enough prep i'm actually running a highly modified version of curse of strahd and i did my prep i did my prep <laughs> one of the modules that i want to run eventually but i don't think will be the next one after this i can tell you some fun changes that you that one um you know what? actually spe speaking of uh, since it was my very first module, and I was so used to homebrew, I, I had to heavily modify it uh, just to kind of fit my gameplay. Uh, have you found yourself modifying Tyranny of Dragons or any uh, of your um, modules? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I end up modifying um, in a different ways. Um, yeah. Sometimes my players go completely in the opposite direction. And I don't want to be railroady because that's not fun for me and that's not fun for them. Um, I just want to avoid that. So I have to find ways to bring them back around to where I need them to be yeah. without me having to tell them, hey, this is where you need them to be. Yeah. Um, I have an NPC character that they... <laughs> so in chapter one, they go to uh, a camp to save another NPC. They steal this cultist girl um, and take her back to town. Yeah. And she's been with them the whole campaign. And I love her so much. So it's kind of, it is my railroad system, but it's not. Yeah. Um, one of my players are uh, in a romantic relationship with her. It not, we don't really know, kind of, mm. yes. It's all over. But I love the dynamic between that too, because they have had history as characters. Um, so that's like my backdoor way of like, hey, psst, this is what we got to do. She's like, um, weren't we supposed to take that thing to that place? Yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> and the players are like me. So, yeah, I do modify quite a bit, um, but always find my way back to the module. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely found I kept a few core things the same, but I found myself changing how you kind of got there and like what happened in between because when you're running a module it almost feels a little bit sacrilegious to uh just remove or just change a complete area i don't know at least to me it feels mm -hmm. like if i'm running that module and the players want to play that module I can change an area, I can modify an area, but completely like removing it or making it something else feels weird to me. Does that, do you feel that way or what do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I feel the same. I, I would never try to take something out because mm -hmm. it's in the module for a reason. Yeah. Um, what I like to try to do is if I'm going to modify something or steer away from the chapter, I put someone's backstory something to do with their backstory in like whether they have to do their own quest or um they have heritage from something else or um they lost an item that um they want to get back like something that will drive our characters or my characters to, to go and do it because mm -hmm. um, if they're not interested in it why why are we playing right it's one of those things where i want to create that collaborative story and keep you interested and sometimes you do have to modify it when you do that no that makes perfect sense um do you mind telling us of anything that you modified in um sure. yeah something maybe that will um, affect your current game i know because i have i have players who are actually watching this right now so oh, i, just, I <laughs> know that feeling i know i'm just that like oh i gotta tread very carefully yeah. don't worry trust me i've said some things and then i've had the players coming up to me and they're like what what and i'm like i'm so sorry guys and i didn't mean to say that much i said too much yeah so, uh, and you can't take those words back afterwards no, there's no such thing as taking words back in dnd dm your vault of secret only has one lock and it is yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree um I can think of a couple. Okay. Um, one that we just recently did, which was really cool. Um, my brother plays in the campaign and he 
uh, was kind of banished from his his city, his town, because um, he's he's a noble, and there was a like evil stepmother kind of situation going on. Um, so she, I made this whole like dungeon bit. Well, I had help making this whole dungeon base thing. Um, a bunch of levers that changed the rooms, and um, they had to go. He's trying to find his like his sword. Yeah. His, his sword of Caliban, um, which I made basically like a master sword. And when he's like full health, he can like shoot Eldritch Blasts, and it's really great. And I'm really excited about it. Um, but we haven't had much like combat after yeah. that um, yeah. to use it. Um, but so that's like one of the biggest things. And I had to create this NPC that was not so obviously not in the module at all. Um, but a, a pretty integral part to, like, the bad guys of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, she, yeah, so she, like, screws up this town. She kind of gets overrun. He gets his um, his place back into the city. And his dad was under the spell. Um, and he's he's back. His his dad remembers. Everyone remembers. He's, he's ready to go. Um, but now he's got, like, a fury that she needs to go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's another piece in the module uh-huh. that is like a 40 day journey on a caravan. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. And keep it interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I would there's not. So do many that. times you, there's only so many different ways you can attack a moving caravan. There's not this a whole lot so of strategies. True. You stop it or you attack it while it's moving. And then every time they get stopped, they pretty well know it's an attack. So, exactly. there's a, so a I tree had to, in like, the road. It's like, yeah, everyone get fucking ready. There's shit going down. I need to do the thing. Yeah. Um, it was hard because I was pretty early in the module and that was still, I was pretty new as a DM. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to give information um, that isn't just important. Yeah. So if you give, if you're giving information all the time, then your players don't know what's and what's not. So they have to make a decision upon themselves to like, okay, like, am I going to investigate that more? Because I found when I was doing this first, every information that I, every piece that I gave was important, and they knew exactly that they had to use it. And I was like, well, that's not as fun as I want it to be. Like, I want this to be mysterious and I want you to figure stuff out and I don't want to just give it to you. So I've gotten a little bit better of, there's this thing, there's this thing. And then a thing over there and only one of them's important. And then they have to actually like investigate and figure it out. And it makes the story more rich and, Mm -hmm fun well i think more fun yeah just ask my players if it's more fun i'm assuming every good mystery has red herrings intermixed and and also like ask like look at like police detective work the amount of nonsense information like that they thought was really important to a case that they've looked at like i can guarantee you they've stared at a shoe and they're like this is the key to the killer and they're like Oh no, this is a grandmother's shoe. This is this has no We spent weeks on this. And your players are probably gonna feel the same way at some point. Yeah. Especially if you're pointing to a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. I could I can feel that. It's finding the balance though, right? Mm-hmm. Finding the balance of here's here's some information, do what you will with it. Mm-hmm. Um are <laughs> saying super fun. Thanks, buddy. I'm glad it's super fun. See, there you go. Confirmation. We're good. Yeah, so I was going to say, everyone in chat is absolutely loving your hat. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you. It's my hat. Um, I tried to find it another Zoom um, function, and I couldn't find it, and I was really bummed about it. So when you mentioned cosplay, I was like, I'm bringing my hat out. It's happening. I'm doing the thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like... I say go fancy, and I'm like, why is cosplay not considered fancy? Yeah, why isn't it considered fancy? Wearing a cape, goddammit. Like, this isn't pure class. 
I don't know what else I could do in life. There you go. We used to have, so, um, had Halloween. Uh, yeah. We'd have to dress up as our characters or we couldn't play. So I have a set somewhere oh. <laughs> around there. Um, when you're running a module, I said earlier, I kind of run into the problems of I come into a room and I describe it, but I'm not like, it, it, it doesn't feel familiar. Uh, how do you find you get over that? How do you get used to the kind of layout of these maps? Um, I like to definitely look to see um, what my book tells me that I have to include. Um, and then at certain parts, like dungeons kind of feel the same. You kind of want to have that dungeon feel to it and then you you find out what kind of wording you use and how you describe things mm -hmm. that'll be something completely different than if you're um describing like someplace in a castle or the town of Waterdeep, which is this ginormous town that the players just run wild in um just i guess practice makes perfect because mm -hmm. you start off somewhere and you continue and you do your own thing. So I, for me, it's practice. Okay. So you definitely have that practice, but you're saying that you kind of go through the rooms and you almost think about, would you say that you prepare like an almost not a new description of the room, but like a more apt description for yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said before that I like draw out the dungeons. Yeah. Um, and I put like, I have like, a legend whatever and i put like little notes besides e each room and like these are things that you have to make sure that you you mention and then after that i can just kind of add whatever yeah. um i find if you add anything else that you haven't planned to add should like jot it down quickly because your players will ask you again and you'll be like what i didn't say that yes you did you just uh, forgot that you said it yeah i uh, my players know that i've done that a few times <laughs> hey remember that like, everyone's uh, done that a few times it's okay remember that pen that shoots flowers that you said i couldn't couldn't figure out uh now that i'm high level can't figure it out i'm like pen, what did it do again like scrolling through my notes yeah and it's like yeah we've only had 57 sessions just figure out which week it is and i'll c come back to you yeah. Um, I try to find creative ways to do things that are like shared inventory. Um, I'm currently working on because my party has a bag of holding. Yeah. I'm currently working on a, a physical bag of holding with everything that's inside. Yeah. So they can literally dump the bag of holding out and be like, okay, this this is all the stuff because it changes hands so many times and nobody knows what's inside of it. And I can't keep track of that. You guys got to keep track of that. So I'm making it a little easier to uh, keep track of when, especially when like players come in and out of the campaign, it's a lot easier to track that way as well. So I'm pumped about it. Haven't done it yet, but I'm pumped about it. <laughs> I definitely leave it to my players to, uh, maintain their like bags and bags of holding but i always like check in like you guys are writing down that you're like drinking potions and you're uh you're adding like the new stuff you get to your inventory and they look at me and they're kind of like they just quietly and like straight face just like yeah yeah we are yeah and i'm like sick only one of you is lying to me <laughs> uh but uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested in running more modules. It seems like it seems like a kind of from a player's perspective, it almost seems like a safer way to start playing with a new dungeon master because there's already an idea or a uh, a rating of this adventure. So even if the dungeon master is like par, they should run the module. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. It's not as much as like homebrew where you're like, oh, this could be anything. This could be sexy cat people. 
This could be sexy goblin cat people. I made the mistake <laughs> of letting my players name a tavern. Ah. Uh, and it was some. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember it. I just remember, like, I'm never letting you name anything ever. And that's, it's just a rule now that I don't do it. I would just you keep letting him name it. Third things. Uh, I would have just kept letting him name things. I mean, like, the next encounter, like two days later. Sir, need your help. It's an important quest. I just had this new donkey. I don't know what to name it. <sighs> just watch the chaos ensue. So much chaos. Oh, man. Um, when you're running a module, uh, do you ever find yourself forgetting about certain like areas where you you've you've gone so far? I don't know how linear, uh, Tyranny of Dragons is. Is it mm -hmm. a linear module where you kind of follow the? No, it's very open world. So, do you ever find that you're already, uh? It's way over here, and they do all the things over here, and you almost forget about areas. Because in my module, I was like, oh, sick, we're done. And I looked at the book, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, two areas. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um... one of them was like right beside the road, so I got to like, kind of, yeah, it's not there no more. I'm gonna move it a few, find some trees and away from view. That makes sense. But yeah, has that ever happened to you? Um, I want to say yes in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I've become more. Um, again, I have my my railroad NPC, which is very helpful. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would miss some things. I find that a lot of the times um, my players miss things too um, and they don't explore all of the things. Mm -hmm. And then they say, oh, well, that was it. And they're all in the second town. Oh, no. There was like four other rooms. Or they, they'd say, oh, but there wasn't a, like, there wasn't a treasure chest. There wasn't a, I'm like, yeah, there was. <laughs> you just didn't look with your Easy. eyes, Bert. Like, <laughs> seriously. Uh... They've gotten better, I must say. They've gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. Having a DMPC is definitely very useful for kind of getting the party around places. How do you kind of get your DMNPC to help get your players back on the right track? How do I do it? Yeah, like what, what tactics does the NPC use to kind of pull them back into the story? Um... My rule of thumb is don't mess with the NPCs at the very beginning. Let the players figure it out, work through it. And then when I see that they're actually struggling, um, then I'll step in and then I'll just ask questions yeah. to try to get the information out of them. So they're making decisions and they're thinking about it, but yeah. I'm not just like, hey, you know, I got it. We got to do this thing and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go through A, B, and C. Like, that's not nope yeah. i want them to i want them to do the work they're the players they have to yeah. play they got the players gotta play exactly <laughs> all right need that on a shirt so you kind of Christmas for all so you kind of like ask them lead not leading questions but you're like you're, you you kind of like almost remind them of information they should know and ha should have put together, right? And kind of hope that they make the conclusion. Exactly. And let's say just what we're living through right now. We don't have sessions frequently anymore. No. Um, when we can meet together, we we try to meet together. We tried the online thing um, a little bit, and it didn't it didn't transfer well. Yep. Um, going from face to face to online to right, so we're just mm -hmm. gonna we just keep it face to face when we can. Yep. Um, so that's a really important piece for my NPC to kind of like recap everything too. Without me as the DM doing it, I'm as a story perspective, um, yep. she'll just 
kind of give them the down low or a letter will be sent with like asking for an update about a b and c um and then they'll be like oh right that's a thing that i gotta do um yeah i don't like just do this thing go <laughs> they're like i don't like that feel secretly kind of love when they like start dealing with a problem um don't completely finish it and there's like all right there's something else i see something else that's interesting and they go deal yeah. with something else. And they just forget about the first issue. There's like, well, we left it. So it's just going to stay that way, right? Yeah. It won't evolve. It won't do anything in the background. What? It'll be fine. This is no. a living, breathing I'll tell world. you right now, it's, it's not going to be fine. <laughs> deal with your problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my... my party is pretty good at dealing with the problems they don't right now they don't take prisoners they just kill all the things um and that solves problems pretty quickly i would say if you don't take prisoners there's no suspect there's no witnesses exactly now would you classify them as murder hobo uh murder hobos or just murder hobo tendencies oh yeah ten i would say tendencies yep yep good they haven't gotten the full board. They Not completely. Enjoy. No, I feel that. I have a few um yeah. I have a few people that suffer from similar tendencies. Let's kill. Let's kill them all. But sometimes I'll uh I'll take that over torture tendency. There's only so much information somebody being tortured is gonna give you. Question for you, do you prefer milestone or experience-based, like, progression? I prefer milestone. Um, and I'll be honest, the first time was because I just didn't want to do the math. I really just really didn't care. Um, I wanted to play D&D and tell you about cool monsters and cool things happening and you being a badass. I didn't want to be like... Alright, so they fought eight orcs today. That is fifty experience apiece. And they also oh yes, I also improved a wraith. That's gonna be three hundred and fifty. Alright, so at the end of the session, you all get twelve hundred. Alright, good work everyone. I'll also give you a plus ten for being so beautiful. I always give always beauty give them plus ten for beauty. I like that. What about you? Um, yeah, I prefer milestones as well. I just, it kind of takes away from the murder, murder hobo aspect. Um, and when they ask what, when we're going to level up, I say, we'll get there when we get there. Um, just keep playing and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I also find I can kind of, uh, it makes it easier to kind of plot the next area that they're going to go into because i know once they complete one two or three areas depending on their level they're going to level up right. i'm able to plan out the next one ahead of that kind of in accordance mm -hmm. um if you did ever try and do uh xp do you uh is there any way that you think you might take it on or handle it um, hmm. I think I'd have to really familiarize myself with CR level. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know a lot of that. And, um, I think I'd have to be like really confident in it for me to try that out because I don't want to give them more XP, less XP. Um, I think it, it just stresses me out thinking about it that I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get to that stage of trying out experience points for all of my uh players i don't think i'd do that no i don't blame you i it also uh when you said it kind of stops a murder hobo isk it it <laughs> also stops that um that thirst for combat it allows you to kind of enjoy those like full role play sessions mm-hmm because then it's not like, all right, guys, amazing role play session. You guys all progressed your characters really deeply. We really had that emotional, like, Jimmy over here cried. Fucking amazing. When you got up and yelled, amazing. All right. 
five experience each for uh, stepping on the mouse. All right, sweet. No advancements towards the next level. I'm like, I guess you could give roleplay experience, but still. It's like, meh. Yeah. Yeah, you can focus on a lot more if you don't have I think. Yeah, I definitely, I think uh, the next step, this is something I want to learn, is uh, adding kind of moments to leveling up. Mm. Because at the moment, it's kind of long rest, <gasps> new level, new abilities. And, uh, the player's really happy about it, but the character, they're almost like, well, yes, I've learned third level spells today. That's very good. It's not like, a, oh, my gosh. Like, I know how to do that thing now. Great. Cool beans. Yeah. Every character yeah. just accepts it. Yep. Um, so when you're running modules, um, do you find yourself changing the big bad? Or doing anything? Have you? Or hmm, I guess I can't really ask that. Yeah, I can't ask you about the big bad because I can't answer questions about my. Well, big you bad. you can. I have yeah. I have big bad right here. She's she's we, pretty yeah. angry. We, she's just not painted right in, yet. Can you put it in front of like the whole camera? Because I've seen that yeah, thing in person. Yeah. It is beautiful. Tiamat herself. Yeah, she's she's angry. She's very angry. My players are very excited about this fight, and I'm very excited about it too. And it has to be in person. And oh. I've got like this whole plan planned out about how to like maneuver that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've heard the same thing from my group when they face uh, Strahd and their curse with Strahd. They uh, they need to be in the they need to be together. Uh, but they always talk about jumping me, so I'm not. Uh, it's a horror campaign. I'm very mean to their characters. Okay. I'm very, very okay. mean. Spooky. What is the what's the theme of uh, the campaign you're running for Tyranny? The theme? Yeah. Do you have any like um, themes? Like, is it like kind of like comedic? Is it like a drama, a horror, a, an adventure? Well. I guess they're all adventures. Right. Um, definitely adventure. Um, mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of comedic moments because we have a lot, like, all of my players have different types of humor and they'll just add, like, sprinkle it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to reflect that with my NPCs. Um, and I kind of find that if I was a player, so Ronnie was a player, I mm -hmm. would try to get in those quits, right? Um, yeah. So maybe it's just, like one of my ways of, of being involved and being that like player-esque. Um, but it's, I think it's the major theme is bringing um, like organizations together to fight one cause um, because no one organization in this, in the Sword Coast is ever going to deal with this Tiamat lady. <laughs> The strong, independent dragon lady. Um, it would just not, yeah, it would just not work, okay? Um, so yeah, I think it's just like the sense of community that they're making and pulling in organizations and just groups to fulfill like a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. It sounds like it does have a lot of like, kind of like, um... Not drama, but uh, you have to work. You have to kind of like find a way to get people to work together. Kind of like a um, an investigation. What would that even be classified as? It's almost like um, you're getting the gang back together. But the gang is a bunch of different gangs. <laughs> getting the gangs together. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Um, so what would you say like your favorite thing about modules over doing a homebrew? Um, I, there's a framework that I can work off of and then I can choose not to use it or to use it. Um, I don't think I have like, 
when they have time to make a homebrew, um, maybe later down the road. But I like to be able to refer to something, plan it, and then if I have to tweak it for the next session or whichever, um, then I have it. Um, yeah, I just like to be able to be like, okay, these are these are all the things that I need to know. Great. I know what I'm doing. I have a plan. Um, and then I have a plan to kind of counter that. But with homebrew, you have you have to have so many other counter plans. Because anything can happen. And yeah, unless you can like construct your home, like prep it and construct it a little differently. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's anything can happen, and then you have to plan for all of the things instead of just like three of the things that may happen. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it definitely is a, a big preparation phase. It, it kind of, I always say like, if you're going to do homebrew, you kind of have to have a setting in an area that's a little bit flushed out. And that's almost exactly what modules give you. It kind of gives you a, well, you sounded like you described it, the backbone, the almost like a, but a color, um, not a not a, not a paint by numbers, but a like a painting a miniature or painting in the lines. Yeah, kind of allows you that freedom to color it however you want, but it still has those rigid borders to give you a sense of like, all right, I'm doing this. Right. Okay. I also really like to connect with other people who have like played the module before or have run the module and things that they say, oh, you know what, this didn't really work and I did this instead and it worked really, really well. Um, or, hey, instead of this thing, I did this. Um, so skip over this part in the module and you'll be... Because sometimes, I know from Tyranny, some things are very confusing. Because mm-hmm. again, it was the first module. It can be confusing and it's kind of contradictory. Um, but yeah, I like that second opinion piece as well. All right. Uh, where did you, like, when you were, like, uh, preparing this or already running it, where did you find sources of kind of information like that? Like, on what to change, on what to do, or pieces um, of advice? There were people who, I can't, like, I don't know exactly where, um, Mm -hmm. but I would find like videos of people who would run the module or just kind of go through it Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of get a sense of it. So even if I couldn't read it, if I wasn't read the book, I could just listen to it and be like, okay, I have kind of a sense of what I'm doing. Um, And then I'd come back to that later. Um, And then other some pieces. Uh, Reddit's really helpful. Um, I love me some You go there. um, They give you lots of, wonderful information um so i think those are like my two like sources for sure youtube's a great one i found for uh curse of strahd and reddit my god they have it all categorized like you'll have your like um i don't know if it's this way for tyranny but for curse of strahd they'll they'll have like a list of like 20 people that have like written like changes for the Christmas ride. And then you can click on them and go into each of their cha- chapter changes. And it's like, it's all listed out. It's ridiculous. It's, it's great. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That would be super helpful. And with Strad, um, I'll probably connect with you later to make sure that I have all of the best things to know for Strad. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say Reddit and YouTube definitely helped me the most when I was looking into Strahd. Um, but did you bring any? I say, did were you gonna bring any outside motivation into the campaign? I was like, of course, but of course you. Um, is there anything that you have enjoyed explicitly about running this module, Tyranny of Dragons? I've enjoyed specifically. Yeah, or any moment that you've had that uh, has been memorable for you. I always, I don't, I know, I hate to be put, put, I hate to be put on the spot myself when people are like, yeah, oh, tell me your favorite moment when my players are watching. I'm like, I've, there are so many. 
I, I know there are so many. No, um, I, I can't think of any. Well, I'm just gonna go through what I've seen. Um, I'm pretty sure Cassie came in and said, um, "What'd she say? Baby Yoda, gingerbread dragons, and a bunch of b- 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 bullshit." Um, I've I made the mistake of letting my druid t- turn into Baby Yoda, so now I know that in my universe there is a Baby Yoda, and I haven't because in order for druids to change, yeah. they need to see that creature. Oh crap! Yes, I've I made a, a whoopsie, um, and that happened. Um, for a Christmas like uh, one shot kind of offshoot of the same same characters, same campaign. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things ever. I just need like a little Christmas kind of uh, one shot for them to do. So there was. Yeah. Um, riddles there was guess the tune um but my favorite thing the whole time was whenever they defeated these like candy monsters i would throw candy at my players you "You did it you did it and then they fought a gingerbread dragon and every time they hit him i threw candy at them and it was just like a joyous time it was so much fun i would totally recommend it don't tell your players if you're going to do it because it was just a surprise the first time that it happened. Um, but yeah, that was... I'm gonna do that. that sounds really fun. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things, that's for sure. Um, oh gosh, there's so many things. Zach, why would you do this to me? Oh, it, it, once it starts, I find you can never stop it. So I'll, uh, I'll ask you a good question. If anyone out there is a uh, new DM or old DM, they're looking to start their first module. What tips would you give to them to kind of get into it a little bit smoother? Uh, like they've never like DM'd before? Uh, yeah, we'll go for that we'll, because, okay. yeah, most likely if someone can do homebrew, it'll just be practice. Yeah, for and sure. Prep. Um, know your, I think know your, your villain's motivation and where they're coming from and how they're doing things. Because if you don't know that, um, the module may not make sense throughout the campaign. They'll do something or, um, they'll attack a certain place and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway because that's what the module said. Um, but then later down the road, you say, oh, that's the reason because this villain was targeting this one town because it had a specific piece of whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you don't know that it, it if you don't sell it, then your players are going to know something's up. Um, yeah. So yeah. trying to sell it to your the best of your ability is is probably a big thing so and you have to be all the characters right so you have everyone up here um you (laughs) you have to make people up on the spot too so if you have a list of npcs for any town you need my one of my players really likes pastries and whenever they go anywhere they want a pastry they're like where's the pastry shop i'm like oh gosh um have a list of, of of um characters and kind of how they'll act. There was this one session, they come to, to Waterdeep, they're hanging out, they're going through, just kind of exploring, and I didn't really expect that at that point yeah. of time, for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and they, they met, again, three different, three separate pastry shops. Three. Three different people. Um, they met somebody... Um, uh, like an armory. Yeah. And then they had to go to en- an enchanter. So his name is Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is a wonderful wizard yeah. with a pointy hat like ours. Um, and <laughs> he's, he's pretty core now. I get asked by a lot of people, where's Jeffrey? But what about Jeffrey? So be on your guard and make sure you have that list because then you're not improving. Unless you love improv, how go to go for it, but it stresses me out. So, yeah. so what prep do you do for your uh, modules so that you don't kind of have to 
improv or quickly be reading the book while playing. Right. Um, I always have my book handy. Yeah, because who doesn't? Um, but I like to know the layout. Where is everything? If I know my players, what are they going to look for? Example, a pastry shop. Is there a pastry shop? Yes? Great. Who's running it? Because you know somebody's going to ask. Um, but like anything shop related, that's important too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to visualize the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And then I like to know how everybody kind of acts or what how they perceive the characters. Um yeah. Some characters are different races, right? So some races are more rare than others. And you have to keep that in mind when you are playing an NPC. And maybe they've never seen a dragonborn in their life. They're going to they're gonna act differently than they would to anyone else. Um, yeah. And then it kind of reminds the, the players of, like, who are you as a character? Mm-hmm. Um, because they'll be like, why are they acting this way? <laughs> um, you're a dragon. With a sword walking through town, it's scary. Okay, so yeah, prep prep those like environmental pieces, and then I think you'll be good to go, ready to rock. My one, uh, I have one group. I like that you brought magical pastries and that they are addicted to pastries because I have a group that's addicted to ice cream. Oh. And uh, since they were, like, dealing with these high-level assassins, I decided to give them magic ice cream. Okay. And I told one of my groups this, the horror group. Yeah. And they were mad because the only pastries or baked goods or anything with flavor they've ever gotten was made out of children. Oh, my gosh. So they're not happy. They got shafted. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) i told them about the ice cream and they're like they get ice cream we get fucking baked kids like they're also magical ice cream (laughs) oh my gosh it's even better yeah it's funny how those little things like really stick in your campaign and just like it's an integral part. You would not think that this one character would love this one thing whenever they go to a banquet. But are there pastries? Yes, there are pastries. Because if I don't give them to you, you're going to go find some. Great. They went to this, like, northern place um, with, like... Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, water. Um, he went to this northern place, and they've never had anything like a pastry before. And this my, one of my players, like, we're like giving them to all the kids and was like it, they never tasted anything like that in their life and they were just obsessed with this one player the whole time because of that and it's just like those cute little moments that like it makes your heart sing a little bit and sometimes we need that i agree i like that yeah yeah the reason for the water is that uh the joe armor donated 500 of our nord coins to hydro I, ah, join me in the hydration station. I did the thing. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Now Jeff. we are no dehydrated. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. So, since we got 10 minutes left, yeah. I kind of want to green off of the main yeah. topic. Okay. And I want to ask some questions because we've been friends for a long time and Funny enough, we both got into being DMs in Dungeons & Dragons. But, like, separately, which was weird. Yeah, we didn't play D&D together. We both had D&D groups and just became DMs. And then we, like, were like, so you know about Dungeons & Dragons, right? And we're both like, of course. And we look at each other like, what? (laughs) Um... (laughs) So I want to ask you some questions that, that I have. Okay. Uh, what is uh, your favorite part about Dungeons & Dragons? Just like the game itself. In general? Yeah, I mean, whether it's be from you being a player or you being a DM. What's your like, favorite um, bit? Oh gosh, there's a lot. I love being a player and I miss being a player. Yeah. Um, 
but I think being a player before makes me a better DM. Um, my favorite part is putting everyone's backstories into the story. That's my hands down. Yeah, I picked one. Yeah, that's it because it's it's something personal to each and every one of them, and it's a double whammy if you can tie in their backstories together. Amazing. So that's kind of like it's a little bit closer to homebrew, which I'm again maybe eventually, but I got a lot of modules to run. We'll figure that out later. Um. But yeah, like one of my players had, she's missing her mom and she hasn't seen her for, for years. Um, and she, they end up going through the campaign. Um, often players think that I am forgotten their backstory or their pull for why they're in there. Newsflash, I didn't forget. You just haven't gotten there yet. Um, but so she goes through, um, they go to this. They have to fight one of the, the green dragons. It's like the worm speaker because they all have masks. So the green worm speaker. Um, yeah. And this guy apparently has been friends with her mom and totally like betrayed her at some point. So her mom's on the secret mission. Who, like she's attached to the Emerald Enclave, which they kind of know, but don't really know. Um, and then once they find each other, like she has this pinging system. Once she she pinged that and it was so close, she like freaked out. She's like in her chair, like, nope, I'm doing that one thing. Even though all the other players are just, but we're looting the dragon though. But what about all this gold though? Yep, that'll wait. I got better things to do. So that's a cool piece because they're motivated to do it. Yeah. Like my brother's um, Caliban journey with his whole like stepmother banishment. That was super cool to run. Mm. Um, I'll attach that framework piece of, okay, I know, I know what I'm doing, but I'm going to sidetrack a little bit and then focus on your side. I like that. That uh, sounds similar to one of my favorite things. It's kind of like invoking that emotion. Just yeah. like, and the background thing is just such a great way to do it. Because uh, if they truly care about their character, they're going to be very caring about this new background information coming up. It's, it's going to mean a lot to them. Yeah. I um, remember as a player, um, so again, my halfling rogue, um, no edgy backstory, which is kind of weird for rogues, um, but she had, like, her parents wanted her to be, um, like, she was going to run the town and the villain she was like heck no i'm going out in the world um she has this brother who's like a bookworm and then like a year down in the campaign my my uh dm takes my brother like my, my character's brother and now he's captured and i'm like seriously dude like don't give dms anything so we'll destroy everything and it's sad it's <laughs> like, i had a very happy backstory <laughs> Have, but of uh, course, she had to do everything that she could to try and go find him because that's her character and that's what she loves. Yeah. I like that. I have one yeah. character that has amnesia, so they only know like a little bit about their life, and they haven't figured out like their whole past, and yeah. they were like reconstructed, so they had like died. But they have amnesia about how they died and what they were before they died. So if they make it out of the horror campaign, they may find out who they were and why they died. Yeah. And it was cool because at first I was like, I've seen this before. A very minimal character sheet. <laughs> but... Then she used like the the race and the, uh, the concept of dying and being a cleric, and I was like, "This is one of the best ways to hand in a minimal character sheet." Yes, because <laughs> that's exactly what I do when I hand in character sheets. I'm like, "He's a wizard," who, <laughs> and then I put like, uh, often I like to just put that he forgot his past. I don't know why. 
it's just always fun. I just like to give that little nugget to the DM, like, here you go. Here you go. Fuck, fuck me been... up, fam. Just do whatever. I'm good with it. Just give me a hint or a little nudge nudge when it's happening, okay? That'd be great. I'm just sitting there with, like, a, a cup, and I'm just looking at the DM, and he's just pouring in my own tears. It's overflowing. <laughs> and watching as my socks begin to soak with my own tears. And... Cheers. Are we... Ch oh, okay. <laughs> this isn't my player's tears, but that's fine. Player's tears. So, uh, when you're DMing, do you... Yes. What? So when I DM, I kind of... I, I don't know. I, I, I think in all like these nuances with like story, I'm just like, uh, every moment is like a, a scene. I, I don't know. I have like almost like all these sayings like where I'm like, every moment's a scene. Uh, take every opportunity you can. Um, just kind of like little things that I, you know what? No, that question was lame. Better question. <laughs> better question reverse, reverse. <laughs> what is something as a dm that you uh really want to improve upon what's something that you feel like if you improve will just kind of make you that much better um definitely character voices i'm not great at them mm -hmm. i try and then i f it's they don't they're not the best i'm gonna yep. i'm not gonna lie they're not the best but, um, yeah, I've gotten a little bit better about them. But I think it would just really add to the story and just, like, the quality of the storytelling if that was just a, a natural part or a consistent part. Because I have player or I have, definitely, I have players who do have accents. That's amazing. Um, but I do have a couple NPCs that have their unique way of speaking um and but sometimes it's hard to remember them too when you have to write those down but how do you remember what they sound like in a note like yeah. i don't know it's yeah that would definitely make my dming a lot better yeah that one's a very difficult one i i can definitely say that over the last year uh the practice has definitely made it so that i can hold those voices and remember them a little bit better. Um, but what, how I like, how I create an NPC's voice is kind of how I remember it as well, is I picture what I want them to look like. And then I just imagine what that person would sound like. And I just like, kind of like, I just let my instincts take control rather than thinking about it too much. If I'm like, we got a gruff sailor. I'm like, Alright, so this is me, I'm a sailor. Hopefully I'll just remember this every time I want to be a gruff sailor. And then you, next time... You'll, you'll hope. You'll, you'll hope. hope you'll remember you'll it. Hope. It, it. It doesn't go well. Because uh, imagine all the ways you could make a gruff sailor sound. Right. So that just imagine writing that down. Gruff sailor. It's going to be different every time, I'm sorry. Unless you have, like, a character, like, if you write down a character's name from a TV, TV show or movie or something, that, I think, would be a better way to figure out how to uh, remember what voice it is. Yeah. I actually thought about watching TV and some media and, like, trying to impersonate somebody's voice and seeing if that helps or doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Well, Maggie, thank you for joining me tonight on Dungeon Master Discussion. It was very fun having you on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been too long. Let's just say that. Right. Once Way all this long. is over, we'll definitely be getting some D and D back in. Uh, well, uh, this has been Dungeon Master Discussions. Uh, show where I get to interview a bunch of different dungeon masters, dive into their brains, learn about what they do and how they run their tables. Uh, I've been Zach, the DM. This has been Maggie and her wonderful hat. 
Uh, we will see you guys next Friday while I stream in the day, two to five, and then for another Dungeon Master Sessions, six to seven, and, and, you stick around at 9 p.m. Jake will also be streaming his community night tonight as well. Um, but, until then, we're going to be raiding a channel, so please hold tight in chat. But, I'll be leaving you. Good night.